0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week Podcast, an episode of Mercado and Manning, the weekly TV chat that Andrew Mercado. Welcome back, Andrew. Hi, James. And myself have every week about what's new on tv what we've been watching and what we will be watching um we're trying to keep to this weekly schedule so far so good i think we've probably kept it up for about a month now so um i was a bit skeptical but it's great so um thanks for your support andrew and making yourself no available um the I was worried we wouldn't have enough to talk about if we do it weekly, but wow, there's so much stuff on. It's um, it's still hard trying to to cover it all weekly. Yeah, yeah. The thought I we would start this week with a, it's Netflix is one of the things it's becoming known for is these sort of documentaries on sort of. Sometimes very famous, sometimes not quite so famous um, cases in the past. And this week, something I had a look at is Our Father, which has been getting quite a lot of press um, globally, actually, since it came out. And it's a sort of a, quite a disturbing story, and it's something a very little bit different. It's about a fertility doctor who inserted himself into the um, process. Excuse me, but fun. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, James, when you told me you were going to talk about this, and I see it on Netflix, I haven't got round to it myself yet, it reminded me of an Australian TV show that Ten did a few years back called Sisters, and Barry Otto played a doctor uh, and it was the same thing. He was using his own sperm and it turned out there was a, about a hundred of her kid, of his kids running around out there and Sisters was about a bunch of these girls discovering that they were related. Look, they did an American remake of it on Fox TV, but neither show went past one season. So I wonder if this is the story that both of them are based on.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fascinating uh, stuff, isn't it? It's, um, wow, and, um, just seeing all these people interviewed who were, were really there, it's one thing watching a dramatisation of it, but it takes on another level when you actually get the first-hand accounts of the people sort of impacted by what this guy actually did. Um, yeah. Whether I'll be on board for all of it, I'm not sure. Sometimes I think these series just run for too long for my liking. So it's not, I thought it was a one-off documentary movie. Are you oh, so a answer? one-off. Well, I thought it was
1: because I heard um, someone say to me that, you know, they were going to talk
0: about it in a movie segment, so I assumed it was being covered there. Oh, okay. oh well, that's good then. Well, I haven't missed much then. I was expecting it to go on and on. not
1: yet, clearly.
0: <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah. Well, that's good because sometimes I think these things, I think, oh, look, at, we're... You know, I could read a good newspaper story about it and, and that would do me. Um, yeah. But, but this time if it's, um, if it's a one-off, well, that's good. I won't have to go back and keep up every week.
1: Yeah, yeah. So based on a true story, while, while we're talking about that, last week we talked about the staircase which, of course, is based on the true story, and they've made the TV series with Colin Firth and Tony Collette. And, wow, I, uh, I didn't know this story until you told me, James. I started watching the series. I think I've watched three episodes on Foxtel, and I,
0: I'm really hooked and, and want to know more. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very well done. I mean, I documented my um, the problems I had with it last week, but once you get past that, it's, um, it, it's, a, it's sort of fascinating how it uh, rolls out.
1: Yeah, the gruesomeness of it, and I mean to to then actually go across to Netflix and find the real people that Colin Firth, uh, the man that Colin Firth is playing, with that French crew doing a documentary. You're right; the whole story is just so crazy. So yeah, I'm really uh, enjoying the staircase after we chatted about that last week.
0: Yeah, there's um something I um I did catch up with is um something that's on Amazon. Um, Prime Video. It's going to yeah. be available, I think, from May fifteen. Um, I think there's twelve half hour episodes, and it's conversations with friends. It's um, it's a new Irish drama from the team who uh, brought us Normal People, right? And um and is, it by, is it another book by is it Sally Rooney? Sally Rooney, correct. It is. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's my my memory of normal people that it was it was a lot of energy, a lot happened, and it was there was a lot going on every episode. This one is a little bit of a slower burn, um, right? And it's um, but nevertheless, it's um, it's it's fascinating. It's it's the similarities between it and normal people uh, that it's you know it's set in Dublin. Um, yep. There's someone going to studying at university, um, and th- the way the story unfolds, it's a, a two young friends who, two young girls who do a do as like a stand-up comedy show, um, on on the side, and they become involved with an author and her husband, and um, how it they have a what can we call it, an interesting relationship between the four of them. That I mean, I've only seen the first two episodes, but I gather it unfolds as the show goes on.
1: Right, interesting.
0: Well, that show, uh, the
1: first one, Normal People, that was huge, wasn't it? People loved that during the COVID lockdown. That really went off like a cracker.
0: Yeah, 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 no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm just uh, looking at the cast here, um, and it's um, it did Jemima Kirk, who was in... Um, um oh gee, what was she in? The the um the series about all the, the Lena Durnham series. Um girls. Girls, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. She was one of the four main characters in that.
1: Oh, okay. Well she'll bring a fan base to this show then. Sorry?
0: She will bring a fan base to this show then. She will, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a little bit older now. Um and she doesn't look much older in the show, but she she plays a successful author um, and um, her husband um, is a young guy. I haven't seen much of him before. Um, um, I'm struggling here with these names. Yeah, Joe Alwyn uh, plays her right. husband, Nick Conway. Uh, Jemima Kirk is Melissa Conway. Um, the two young girls are Alison Oliver and Sasha Lane. Um and it's just yeah, it's just really fascinating. Again, I've only seen two. I've got ten to go, but I, I think it'll do very well. It's um don't have a lot of these sort of British series on on um, on Amazon Prime Video, although ten percent they have got, which I've I've also watched a little bit of. And you know, I, I think I'm going to enjoy it a little bit more than maybe you you gave it. You didn't really think it was. I don't know if you've actually watched it, but you just didn't like the the premise behind it. I watched the first two episodes and I went, I'm not going to do this. I like the French
1: one too much. I'm not warming to these characters, but, you know, if you've never watched the French one, as we talked about, I think that you could, you know, get more involved in the English
0: version. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and Jemima Kirk, I didn't realise. I think her dad was a, I, I read in the bio her dad was a drummer, a rock music drummer, and he played with a Free and Bad Company. So, um He's got an interesting back down too. Yeah, right. So that that's good. The um, now something else I, w- I wanted to watch this week, but I had a bit of trouble. have you ever done this? You sort of the the thing with um streaming is you become the programmer, right? So when you when you go to a series, you think, okay, you're after a particular episode. I've, I do it more often than I should. I click on an episode and I think, mm, this looks a bit familiar. Um, And then I realise after a while, actually, it's not the correct episode. I've got to go and find the one I'm up to. Well, then you might be watching stuff
1: on your Foxtel IQ, James, because I love my Foxtel IQ, but it does do one thing that pisses me off. And that is that if you watch an episode of a show like Gentleman Jack and you let it run out on Foxtel, it goes back to the beginning and then when you are going through your homepage, it says continue watching and you think, well, there's a new episode there and you go to do it and it's the one you just watched. That's just a little bit of a glitch in their IQ. It should take it off your not to watch and only pop back when there is a brand new episode to watch. So maybe uh, just be careful with your Foxtel IQ because I've, I've done that a few times recently.
0: Yeah, no, I can't really blame my Foxtel IQ for this one. It was all me. <laughs> <It> was, um, <laughs> I was on Apple TV+, Plus and I wanted to watch um, Glenn Close in the second season of Tehran. I oh, know. Yeah. Um, I actually clicked on the first episode of the first season, which I actually have seen, but it's well, it was a while ago. And yeah. I thought, mm, some of this looks familiar, but I persevered and, I'm thinking. Well, maybe Glenn Close doesn't crop up till the second episode of season two.
1: You know what? We don't have an hour to waste in
0: these situations. You need <laughs> to figure out a lot faster than the end of the episode that you've seen it before, James. We got no time. I know, but but I, I it wasn't time wasted. I did enjoy it very much. It's a very okay. well made series, Tehran, and it was um, it was good. So um, I did have a bit of a peek at season two, and yep, there is Glenn Close. Um, so I've still got to go back and enjoy that fully. But I was thinking about Glenn Close and I was thinking she doesn't do a lot of TV, but she's done a, just a couple of notable things. And, of course, I think back to Damages. She was yeah, that the, was a
1: big deal. It was a yeah. big deal when Glenn Close did Damages because that was kind of the beginning of those big A-list movie stars realising that the future was going to be in TV and Glenn Close cleverly figured that out uh, ahead of
0: the pack. Yeah, would it be right to say that was one of the sort of the obviously wasn't the first good thing on TV, but one of the that the latest sort of um, rejuvenation of of quality TV. That was one of the one of the standout programs that started the whole birth of what they're calling, you know, classic.
1: Well, no, decade. I would describe it because Damages came after that birth had happened. We'd had The, sopr- the Sopranos yeah. uh, and you know, The Sopranos was a show that was ended up being screened late at night on Channel 9. They couldn't make it work in a prime time slot. The difference with Damages was that, because of Glenn Close's name and because Rose Byrne was in it as an Aussie, Channel 9 put it into a prime-time slot and it worked for them. I think that was the difference, us seeing that sort of show, which traditionally would have ended up in a late-night slot, being a bit too niche, a bit too clever for a mainstream audience. But 9 made it work for a while Um, and it was a show that came from FX, so it was a cable show um, that, you know, was a little bit niche.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, now I think you've had a bit of a peek at something else on Apple TV Plus, um, the Essex Serpent.
1: Oh, yeah, you're gonna love this one, James. <laughs> it stars
0: your uh homeland girl Claire Danes,
1: and it's really, I thought it was set in modern times, but then when it started, it was quite obvious that it's set in ye olden days. Uh, Claire Danes plays a widow who uh Clearly she didn't like the husband very much. And and when when he dies, she decides, uh, she reads in the newspaper that there's this serpent uh, that's uh, cruising through the spooky waterways outside Essex. So she and her kind of maid slash friend and her son, and I'm assuming she's got this young son and he appears to be on the spectrum to me because there's something not right about him, but off they all go to uh, Essex, and when they get up there, Claire Danes meets, meets the local vicar uh, played by Tom Hiddleston, and so, of course, he does not believe in this mythical creature. So I've watched the first episode, and I liked it, and I think you're going to like it too.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I've, I've heard a um, couple of the creatives talking about it, and it's, apparently it's a, it's a bit of a, 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 one of those classic myths like the uh, Loch Ness yeah. Monster. but oh, in hi. In a different part of the UK, so it um, it does look pretty fascinating. That's um, it's out on Apple TV Plus. It's on this week, so I'm looking yep. forward to that. I think there's six episodes in. Um, I think they've they've put out the first two episodes of have been released or are being released this week, and then there'll be one a week until it finishes. It'll probably be in about mid June.
1: Claire Danes looks uh, quite radiant in it. And uh, I read that she was a last minute replacement for Kira Knightley. Oh, wow. um, and whatever happened, uh, Claire Danes uh, has, has taken this role and she looks like she's born for it
0: now. What's interesting, is it? Because Kira Knightley, it'd be fascinating to see her doing it. But, but Claire Danes is certainly no, um, is just an equally as good replacement, I would have thought.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Um, now, a couple of um, sort of factual things you've been watching. Um, the, tell us a little bit about the—is uh, it the Menzies movies, which you write about in your Media Week column this week?
1: Yes, so Australia's longest-serving Prime Minister, uh, Sir Robert Menzies, uh, it transpires that he uh, was pretty privileged because he had a sixteen, had his own sixteen-millimeter camera, and uh, he made a lot of home movies. Uh, incredibly, though, he filmed them all in colour. I mean, if we think of black and white footage from nineteen thirty-nine, which is when he's, you know flying on a plane to London with 42 stops to get to London and are doing movies all along the way so he can meet Sir Winston Churchill and talk to them about World War II. All the newsreel footage of that era is black and white. And there's the Prime Minister of Australia with a 16 millimetre camera shooting colour footage. Um, So you get this uh, behind-the-scenes stuff with Sir Winston Churchill. You get uh, some footage of him with the Queen before she was the Queen. Um, And so that's all really interesting. I guess the problem for me with this documentary is that you've all had to watch somebody's home movies. They're not always that interesting. Once we get... Uh, get back to Australia, it's just pictures of his family and and all of that stuff. It's not terribly interesting and the documentary has to pad out uh, to make its one-hour running time. We go visit his house and meet the woman that lives there today and it's like, wow, you guys really don't have a lot of interesting footage if we're going to do a tour of Menzies' house today. So, look, it's a good idea, not executed terribly well, hosted uh, by... Former Prime Minister John Howard. Uh, so, if you're interested in history, in particular, history shot in colour, uh, it's going to be screening on Fox Docos from next uh, Wednesday.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, that um, you famous Prime Minister, of course, there's a, uh, I believe there's something happening um, next week or something to do with Prime ah. Ministers. But um, the, um, so you, you've been watching some of the leaders' debates. Um, Yeah. What, what, any thoughts about how they, how that's, uh, what sort of TV has it been?
1: Well, the first one was on Sky News, so I didn't see it. Not many people saw it. It all kind of kicked off really on uh, Sunday night on Channel 9 when they did the first commercial TV leaders' debate. Uh, Scott Morrison, of course, famously has refused to go to the ABC. It would appear he doesn't want to be grilled by Laura Tingle. So off he went to uh, Channel 9 with Anthony Albanese. Now, look, Channel 9 did a really bad staging, James, because they put the moderator, Sarah Arbo, off to the side. And that turned out to be a terrible mistake because Morrison and Albanese started screaming at each other uh, repeatedly. She was on the side telling them to stop. Morrison had his hand up just like, no, 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 I've got something more to say. And it degenerated into what has most people has generally called a shit show. And I tell you what, Chris Ullman did not like that. He went on an absolute rampage on Twitter afterwards quoting figures, this many metro figures, this many regional figures, this many on Facebook, this many people listening to it on the radio. And then he wrote this half-page article for the Sydney Morning Herald in which he started off comparing it to the Gettysburg Address from Abraham Lincoln that was like, Chris, calm down, you know, just because a lot of people watched it doesn't make it good. And then last night it was Seven's turn for the third one and did Seven learn from Nine's mistakes? Or oh, did they ever? None of the bells and whistles, just Mark Riley, center of frame, Scott Morrison on one side, Anthony Albanese on the other side, and a system where each person had to speak by themselves. For me, it was the one that really cut through. Um, I think it was by far the best debate. So uh, if we want to know who won the leaders' debate, it was Mark Riley at seven. Um, and they did a really, really good job and then went around the pub test later talking to people who'd watched it. So that's it. No more leaders debates, only one more week to go, but uh, so far Channel 7 is leading uh, that battle.
0: One of the uh, podcasts I listen to is The Sounding Board where they talk about media every week, and they've, they've got something called the Glass Jaw Award, which they're going to give out to media people who are who are very sort of precious and and sort of don't react well to any sort of criticism. And I think um, their nominee this week was Chris Yuleman because, because of what you were saying, you know, he's saying he's, he's famous and he does a good job often as a reporter of, of, you know, grilling people and giving them a hard time. But when the spotlight was turned to him, he didn't, he didn't react too well. And, um, that's that's what I'm getting from from what you're saying. So
1: And it's probably not his fault. It's whoever at Channel Nine decided to have three people asking questions. And the way they did the stage setup led to it being a shit show. Um, so you know, channel seven must have just been rubbing their hands with glee if they were planning something like that and they pulled it back to be simpler. Mm. Simple one on the night. We just need. You know, a strong moderator in the middle with each candidate on on, on either side, and, and
0: it worked really, really well. And just finishing uh, our chat about the sort of um, the political hevo going on at the moment, um, Gruen, they're calling it Gruen Nation, I think, aren't they again? Yeah. That's what the series they have when there's when there's a, an election on, and that uh, comes back and gives you a bit of a preview of, and some reviews of, of the different campaigns. Um, how's that been?
1: Oh, look, I laughed out loud from beginning to end. Okay. They were on fire. They're only doing two half-hour episodes on the election. Um, Todd Sampson's there. Russell Howcroft's got COVID. Um, but, look, the uh, the other people on the panel, Annika Smedhurst was there from... Uh, the uh the age or she writes for the canberra times one of those uh nine entertainment newspapers uh but they had two people on the panel that were actual uh political advisors who go on the campaign and both of them uh had a really good sense of humor about it all it was a really cracking 30 minutes and i reckon it will be next week as well
0: yeah okay okay now i'll stay on a roll with you now some um something else you a couple of other things you've been watching um Mike Myers is back with a with a new show. What's all that about? Well, this is called The
1: Penveterate, I think. This is a new comedy series he's got screening, screening on Netflix. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke about Catherine Tate doing a new prison comedy show, Hard Cell, in which she plays all the character characters. Well, of course, Mike Myers likes to do that as well. Now, I've only watched the first episode uh, and I really, really liked it. A lot of the critics aren't liking it. I liked it because it's set in Toronto, Canada. And Mike Myers comes from Toronto, Canada. And I lived there for five years, and I get the humour about what he's trying to say about uh, Canadians. Um, And basically it's about a secret society. Uh, And I won't say too much about it. I'll do a bigger review in Media Week next week when I watch more of it. But, uh, look, I think he's onto a a good idea and and I'm laughing because I get the humour of it. So uh, more on uh, Mike Myers' new comedy on Netflix next week.
0: Something you're not so hot on is uh, Ragdoll, which is, I believe, on BBC First. Yeah, well, I
1: got told that this has actually been on, uh, Foxtel has had this on By Demand and uh, Binge uh, since uh, early, the end of last year. They're only just putting it to air now on BBC First. It's a program from the makers of Killing Eve. It's a serial killer drama but with a British uh, thread to it. Uh, This is a serial killer that's, killing a bunch of people and then cutting up their body parts and sewing them together to make one dead body for the police to find. Honestly, I just didn't like it at all. Uh, I watched the first episode and went, oh, I'm out. I'm not watching any more of this. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, and then I looked at the reviews and the reviews are really good. So uh, I'm not getting all, Uh, but if you're a Killing E fan, you might uh, like it. So uh, take that with a grain of
0: salt. Yeah, okay, okay. Look, we've got a classic TV series we'll talk about in a little while. I just wanted to run through a couple of things that um, I- I'm looking out for, which um, there's been a lot of shows breaking, which I haven't been able to, which aren't out quite yet. So these will be things we'll we'll talk about in the, the, um, the coming weeks. And we talked about Glenn Close being on TV, but what about yeah. this? This cast list, uh, Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons uh, together in Night Sky. Oh, I am so excited about this
1: because I love Sissy Spacek so much. Um, So, yeah, I can't wait to see uh, what this is going to be like. Is This this is Apple TV, right? No,
0: this is uh, Amazon Prime.
1: Amazon Prime. Okay. Look, I'm hugely, hugely, hugely excited about it. Uh, I can't wait.
0: Yeah, now look, I have had a bit of a peek at this, but there's actually an embargo on um, on reviews of it. So I'm I'm loath to say anything other than um, I'm really looking forward to to watching uh, more of it. The um look, yeah, look, I've always had a um Sissy SpaceX has always been one of my favorite actresses. Yeah. Uh, a movie called Badlands. Oh yeah. With Martin Shaw. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Sheen
1: Martin Sheen, yeah, what am I yeah. saying? Martin
0: Sheen. Yeah. Um, well, that was that was such an impression on me that movie when it when it came out. Um, and we're
1: talking early nineteen seventies, and then she followed it up with Carrie, and boom, she was nominated for an Academy Award. And Carrie, yeah. directed by Brian De Palma, starring John Travolta. Wow, what a great great movie of the nineteen seventies.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, she was um, she was um, fantastic in that that early work, and she's always. Just having her in a cast gives something, uh, a feeling of premium and prestige, doesn't it? Classy. You know, she's, she's, she's classy. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, watch out for that one. Uh, there's a new series just dropped in the uh US called Candy, starring Jessica Beale playing a Texas housewife. Oh, yeah. uh, And mother. Um, and who just who gets pushed a little bit too much. And I don't think snaps mightn't be the right words. So I don't know a lot about it, but I think it might be. It's on Hulu in the US. I think it might be coming here on Amazon Prime. I haven't got any details of how far away that might be, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. I mentioned D.I. Ray last week, the new UK um, sort of it's police procedural, um, just four episodes. That's coming to SBS on June 9th. So, I'll, yeah. I'll look, I've, I've actually watched it all, enjoyed that. So, but I'll, we'll talk about that a little bit closer to when it's coming out. Um, the Time Traveler's Wife is coming um, yeah. HBO Max, um, which I guess will mean it will be on Binge and Foxtel um, for the Australian market. Um, from the producer of um, a lot of episodes of Doctor Who. Um, thing about that interests me is it's got Rose Leslie is one of the um, the main cast who was in Vigil most recently, also Game of Thrones. So yeah. uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Season four of Stranger Things drops in a couple of weeks, so it's it seems a long time since that was on air. Um, so Can I, I just I'm, ask first about the Time Traveler's Wife? Wasn't yeah. there a movie of that with Eric
1: Banner? Back in the day, is it the same one? I'm going to look this up. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's the exact same thing. Really? uh, Yeah, I've just looked it up. Yeah, it's Eric Banner did a movie in about 2009 and now it's a TV
0: series. Okay, Okay. sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's all right. That's all right. Um, So, yeah, Stranger Things season four. I've been a big Stranger Things fan. The third series did let it, you know, wasn't as good as the first two, but we'll see how they go. The cast is obviously getting older, but um, and I've seen that from some of the stills, but they still look, you still go, okay, that's, you know, you still recognise who's who in there. We talked about freev last week, how it was a, an offshoot of Amazon Prime Video, um, a platform where there's a lot of sort of you can watch for free. They've got an original called Bosch Legacy, um, which is available in Australia on Amazon Prime Video. So I haven't watched any of that yet, but it sounds interesting. I wouldn't mind getting onto that. Um, Something else which is up to Season 4 is Westworld. Uh, That's dropping. That won't be till the end of June. Uh, But that that
1: trailer was impressive. I watched it, the Series 4 trailer. I mean, I sort of watched Westworld at the beginning, dropped off, but I watched that trailer and went, wow, that's you know, that could suck me back in to, to see what's going on again. It was good.
0: Yeah. And one of the things well, I'm sure we'll talk about a lot when it um gets a little bit closer is the the Foxtel drama the twelve, which yeah, um, the one. they they sent out some invites this week to the what they're calling the World Premiere on June nine. They're yeah. having a special event in Sydney, I think. And uh, I'm I'm imagining it will drop on the platform um, very shortly after that. So uh, a great cast, but we'll get all over that one a little bit closer. Now, the uh, Mikado on TV segment, this, where we look at some um, TV from the past. Now, it's something called Always Greener. It's long been associated with Seven. So we can watch that if we want to dip into that, Andrew.
1: Well, it's on Seven Plus. This was a great, great Aussie drama uh, from Bevan Lee. It was such a simple concept that had never been done before. He had a show that was set in both the city and the country, and he had a brother and sister played by John Howard uh, and Eric Thompson's wife, whose name's escaping me just for a minute, and they swap houses And it's about the family members going back and forth. It was such a great show. And it's one of those shows that Seven axed too soon. Um, They axed it to make way for My Kitchen Rules. It was right there at the start of the 2000s when uh, reality TV was starting to take off. And uh, that first version they did of My Kitchen Rules didn't work, but they got the format right as the years went on. But it was such a shame that Always Greener didn't continue. But, look, it's all there to watch on 7+. Plus. Um, I watched some episodes lately and hadn't dated all that much. Got such a great cast. Uh, John Howard's in it and Tenny, uh, Denise Roberts. So, yeah, uh, check it out. Uh, Channel 7 uh, in-house Australian dramas always did a really great thing and they always discovered new actors. And uh, the name of that, Caitlin McDougall uh, is Eric Thompson's wife. Sorry that I didn't get that name right. Great show, always greener, classic Aussie drama.
0: Yeah, yeah. And one of the best. I mean, Beverly's got a pretty amazing... um, Portfolio of projects, of course, but um, probably up there with amongst the best things he did. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What was the. I should also give out just a bit of a shout
1: out to while I'm thinking about it, James. Well, you, you and I aren't sci-fi people, so we don't really talk about this, but uh, some Trekkie fans have told me that the new Star Trek series, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is the 11th one in the series, they're absolutely raving about it. It's on Paramount Plus, and I think it's about some of the characters from the first Star Trek series uh, kind of like a prequel. They're raving about it. So a uh, big shout-out to all the Trekkies out there.
0: Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it's amazing how that franchise has, um, has um, survived, isn't it? You know, and prospered too, really. I mean, it's been so much stuff. And what about, we should also mention that there's a new Doctor Who coming.
1: Yeah. Um Shuti who is in sex education. We now have a black Doctor Who. Uh, massive announcement this week. Uh, look, uh, look, a lot of people who are Whovians tell me that uh, the Jodie Whittaker series wasn't really great writing they're not blaming her because there was a female doctor for the first time they reckon the script writers have let her down be interesting to see uh, whether they can get doctor who back on track with a new casting
0: yeah yeah all right look well that um nearly wraps us up for another week yeah look i'm my uh, to do list is going to sort out my um, Tehran, um, catch up <laughs> with where I was, and um, start the second season properly and um, enjoy Glenn Close on her um, on her latest um, work. Now, the one of the other things she did on TV was um, she was one of the a- actors who voiced the character of Mona Simpson, I think, too, who was the mother of Homer in The Simpsons. Ah, oh. yeah, oh, so. The, I'll leave you with a little bit of trivia. Any, anything on your radar, Jérôme, um, looking out for next? Uh, yeah, just a bit of a shout-out. Uh, in Media Week tomorrow, I'll talk about Space
1: 22, which is the new uh, series on the ABC hosted by Natalie Bassingthwaite. It's a great idea. It's got a bit of an old people's home for four-year-olds vibe there. It's getting people with mental health issues and seeing if art and creativity can help with, help them with their situation. What a great idea! With so many people having mental health issues at the moment, so that's going to be Tuesdays on ABC. Uh, I'll write about it more in uh, Media Week.
0: Okay, and I, I guess one of the things we're not talking about much is um, Eurovision this episode because uh-huh. they've, as we record this, they've only the first semi-final has gone to air, yeah. but there's still a fair bit to go. Um, I watched the first one. Some of the songs are okay, but it, I didn't think it was particularly memorable.
1: Look, I, I don't do the semifinals. I'm just there for the grand final. I will get up at 5 a.m. on Sunday morning. It's the only night of the year that I watch uh, the dark turn into light uh, yeah. as the sun comes up, and, uh, yeah, I'll be watching it live uh, this Sunday. And um,
0: good luck to our Australian singer this year, Sheldon Riley. Okay, I'm going to get some thoughts about uh, what you thought about the final when we chat uh, next week. This has been the uh, Mikado and Manning podcast. Remember to uh, like us or follow us on your favourite podcast platform and don't forget uh, Mikado on TV column every Friday in Media Week. Thanks, Andrews. Talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, James. Have a good week.